What's up team, how we going? First off, I just want to say a huge thank you to all you out there for supporting this Assorted Kiwi podcast. Life is assorted, taste is assorted, our minds are assorted, and our stories are assorted. The Assorted Kiwi podcast is where Kiwis can share their assorted perspectives, ideas, and dreams. Assorted is all about Kiwis connecting through what is important to them. Every idea is important to who you are. Some may miss, but the best ideas are the ones that challenge ways of thinking and also emotionally connect people to one another. This is the definition of a sort of Kiwi. Yo, 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 how you going? Welcome back to this sort of Kiwi show, aka Origins. I'm your host with the most, um, Hamish, aka the sort of Kiwi. Got a special guest on the cow couch um, today. To my left, to your right, um, got Young Ghost, aka, well, not aka, it's Casper, yeah, aka Young Ghost, but yeah. really it's just Young Ghost, only only Young Ghost, yeah, because of your actual name, AJ, yeah, or just Casper, like however you want to put it, really. whatever you want to do it, bro, yeah, um, but um, just a quick intro about um, this brother to the left of me, um, bro, just an accomplished, prolific rapper. Local, oh, bro, like, just someone who actually takes time in what he actually does, and actually is real, like, man, just multifaceted in terms of your sound, bro, honestly. Cheers, man, appreciate And that. Um, it's been quite cool, because you've been up here for the last, like, week up in Auckland, off yeah. the back of that Discover um, gig. Yeah, no, it's been good fun, eh? We played that gig up at Cassette the other day, obviously, which is um, good fun, and yeah, just thought I'd chill for a bit, you know, when you start... Somewhere for a couple of days, you don't really end up getting much done. Yeah, but sometimes like not not doing anything is actually something at the same time, eh? Because you get a little bit of yeah. refresh. Because oh yeah, you've been, like for the last like say, has it been like the last five years you've been making music? Yeah, there or thereabouts. Like I don't really count it too much, but yeah, I'd say it's been about five years now. Like it's been a minute. Yeah, hard man. Because what's your journey? Because you're originally from London, Bristol. Eh? Yeah, man. Well, I'm originally from London, and um, so I lived in London till I was about eight. And then I moved to Bristol Ways, uh, where I lived between about the ages of 14. Yeah. Uh, and then I moved to New Zealand, uh, to Auckland, through my mum's side. She's a Kiwi. Uh, and then I stayed up in Auckland for maybe like seven, eight years. And I went over to Sydney for a year. And then after that, I moved back to Wellington, where I've been for the last three years, which is where I've been staying recently. And that's probably like the last three years has kind of been the most pivotal time in terms of your creative expression output. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, I've, it's always been there, but like the last three years where I've really like honed my craft and really gotten much better at expressing what I want to say, yeah, making the type of music I want to make. Um, I did a I did a course, a DJ course, um, production course, um, where I had some great mentors, um, and I locked down too. I think it was another good time for me, where I got to really just sit and focus on my production chops yeah. so yeah i think in the last three years that's where i've really gone from just being a rapper to well, an a artist. musician yeah, yeah artist yeah exactly and whereas like prior to actually that lockdown or going to dj dj and production school were you just more just throwing stuff at the canvas kind of a, a yeah, rough idea of, of what you wanted to do in a way like yeah i didn't really know like what i wanted or what what sort of sound i was going for i was more just sort of like i know i can rap and i like I like music, so yeah, just sort of picking with picking beats. But it was always kind of hard, you know. Like a few years ago, it wasn't it wasn't as saturated as it was now. Like I feel like for these young rappers, it's so easy. Like they've probably got a friend in their class who's like a producer, you know. Yeah, like there's huh. so many producers now. Like it wasn't like quite like that in, back in the day. Like there was heaps of rap, obviously. Like it was saturated, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't everywhere, you know. Everyone wasn't a beat maker, so it was kind of hard to link up with the right people, I guess. Got you. But after once I did did link up with the right people, you know, that's when I started making making real good music. Yeah, and was that before or after DJ school? DJ school was that quite quite recently? Oh like yeah, that was in the last couple of years. Yeah, I'd say I started up like I, yeah, I was link, been linking up with good people the whole time. Yeah, like even the first time I made an EP, it, like. It's not like I own Spotify or anything. I just don't like really pump it, but I'm still like pretty happy with that as a body of work I accomplished with um, a good friend of mine. Um, then we did when I met Chronic Snowman. That was a bit of a turning point too. When we made Metallica, that was our first track. Oh, yeah. 
So I was just like over in, um, I was just over in Sydney at the time, and Connor was in Wellington, and I just known him like through the hardcore scene and that. Yep. And then he just sent me a beat. Uh, well, he sent me a few beats, and I was like, "Yeah, it's hard," and like wrote a tune for that, and um, that was the first song we got that like people really started to notice and like give us plays. So after that, we were like, "Oh yeah, let's let's just, just, just yeah, yeah, let's do more." Like and like do and you guys did a tape like yeah yeah we did like a whole project like looking back at it it's pretty crack up like, Chronic Ghost Man eh? yeah Chronic Ghost Man yeah like there's some good stuff on there we did a few like little projects like we've just like pretty much just smushed them all into one project now Please. looking back but yeah we th- there were a few different like EPs we did we crafted our sound a little bit. Yeah, they were pretty pretty interesting days. And when you were, like, actually making music, was it... Do you ever have any sort of, like, hesitation when you were making it? Or was it just making it, putting it out, seeing the response? Is that how you... Early, yeah. Or were you kind of, like, always working on, like, stuff before you even kind of, like, released it onto sort of streaming services or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, like, I'd always... Ever since I started, like... I'd always liked being, like, lyrical and, like, writing poetry or, like, writing stories or whatever... So that was always a part of me, but uh, I wasn't until I was like fifteen, sixteen-ish that I started writing actual raps. Nice. And then I mean, the first couple tunes were just sort of like I literally just recorded them on my laptop mic and just like released them on SoundCloud, you know. And that was all good, you know. They got a couple hits, like people jamming them. Like it was a vibe. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but it yeah. was still like a vibe kind of. I was like, yeah, this is kind of a vibe. And then you know, from there, I just like. Real slowly, just hone my craft. Just like s- I, I got a better idea of what I wanted to sound like. Got a better idea of my lyricism. Like I look back at some of my lyricism back then, and I'm like cringe, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's like just, just like super sporadic or not necessary. Just yeah, or just like I feel like the game was just so different back then. Like what was it like 2012, 2013, or whatever you know. Like Odd Future was coming out. You know, horrorcore was still a thing. You know, I was tr- I was just trying to come out with like the most shocking bars. Oh, yeah. in, in many regards but that was that was what the game was all about back then like every rapper was just trying to just sound like just have the most like shocking bars you know yeah it was such a pivotal time eh, around that yeah. what were you listening to around that time because you did mention a lot of future and yeah, like, so much, like Mac Miller like yeah that whole era like, was like yeah that was that was pumping like that was the era of hip hop like you had odd future all that stuff Mac Miller, obviously, yeah. Action Bronson was doing yep. good stuff then. The Dr. Lecter mixtape. Like, again, yeah, like, full full horrorcore spec. Like, yeah. you go back and listen to it. Or, um, shit, I'm trying to think it was good. Big Crit, man. I used oh, to love yeah. Big Crit back then. He was sick. Oh, yeah. Even, like, um, Kendrick, Absol, and Schoolboy, like, they were having their, like, humble things back then. Around there, like... Yeah. So around there, like, early 2010, 2013. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a pivotal like, time for music. Yeah, even when that first ASAP Rocky mixtape dropped, yeah, like love. that was hard. Yeah. Like that, that that changed it for me because like he was rapping over these beats. You know, they weren't like hip hop beats. It was just like cloud rap and stuff. And I, I think that changed it for a lot of, a lot of people. Just like using like different sounds, not necessarily where you're from. Yeah, but like just using different things that you're influenced by. And that's probably like yeah, where, like you're probably part of your sound and where I pick up from music that I listen to from you even on your live stage yeah is that balance of kind of from the uk and and that era as well yeah yeah like you're just trying to find your own path in well in the scene as well right like yeah it's always been hard for me like as a, a, a as a rap you know identity thing was a lot at first because you know a lot of rapping is so geographical based mm. you know a lot of a lot of it is very regional like people have their regional hip-hop scenes because it is like music from from the streets primarily, you know, yeah. so people are repping like their regional areas. But like for me, as someone who's like moved around my whole life, yeah. I'm not like, I'm not like repping something, you know. So I guess what I what I can rep is just sort of being a product of everything I've been around, everything I've seen, and just try and reflect everything around me. Exactly, like all of your experiences and just yeah. tied to one place. It's like exactly. your whole journey, right? Because I think that's that's such a common thing, like especially in the modern world. Like so many people just move around their whole life, and yeah, I don't know. I think that's just sort of that's where I'm at. Like yeah. I'm one of those people. Hard <laughs> out, because it's like it's quite cool. Like even when thinking back to, like, and hear it like in in your tone as well. Mm. It is like UK. 
Yeah. But like, it's authentically authentically Kiwi as well. Yeah. You know, because you're being yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've like grown up here. Like, I grew up there, and that was where I like lived there for fourteen years or whatever. Like, I've still lived there longer than I lived here. Yeah. How old are you now? Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. But like, yeah, all my like formative years, like, really have been here, like at the age like sixteen through to twenty four. You know, those Actually, are like, like growing up and yeah. Figuring out your kind of identity as a man, so to speak. Yeah, like, you grow up so yeah. much more in those years than you do in like the first fourteen. Years. Like physically, you grow up more in the first fourteen years, but mentally, there's oh, you know, it's in the time I've been here that's when I've grown up mentally. You know? Yeah. And do you find like you're growing up the most when you were in Wellington for the last like? Yeah, three, I'd four say years? so. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, yeah, even the last like year, the last two years, you know, have been when I've grown up the most. More so. In terms of like the people that you like interact with, and yeah, just just in myself, just of like being sure of myself, and in terms of um, being less less negative, less willing to to drag things down, you know, because I've never been like fully negative, but I, I'd always had to have that edge to me. I think in the last couple of years, you know, I've really had been able to take a look at the, at the bigger picture a bit more, yeah. and sort of draw back. And like stop being quite kind so of, kind of ref- more reflective of kind of what you've yeah. achieved or who you are, and less yeah. cancelling out all that other noise that yeah. put you off your path or distract you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you know, I used to be like uh, have a little bit of a tall poppy syndrome, you know. But now you just you just get to a point where you're like, this is not the way. Like you just see so much hatred and negativity around you in the world, and you're like. I'm probably going to end up like still transmitting some by accident, but you just got to like try try not to be that person. I think it's really important. Yeah, it's probably um, kind of a reference that I have from just particularly your output or even the people that you work with. Mm. It is collaboration. I, I you know, maybe touch on the whole collaboration because I believe that that's a real strong part of kind of your, your musical journey, right? Like you're yeah, not for sure. you're not just young ghost yourself you're kind of you've got yeah. a strong strong team of collaborators that you do work with and learn okay. from like you can you're only as strong as like the information that you do consume but yeah. and just learning from other people and being willing to, willing to learn from other people as well right yeah yeah well it's been pretty pretty pivotal working with other creators in my journey you know i've when i started out i wasn't making any of my own beats or anything I had a pretty rubbish laptop, <laughs> and I, I I tried to get FO working a couple of times, but I never did it. So I'd like have goes when I was around my mate's house, but you know, I never really like fully developed the skill until a much later date. So it was always about a collaborative team with me being the one who like. I, but since I wasn't the one behind the wheel, I always wanted to make sure that you know I was getting my ideas somewhere in the beat, in some yeah. way. Be like, oh, we got to do this. Like, make sure my creativity was coming through. So it wasn't like you're putting, giving the keys to someone else. It was yeah, strongly yeah, like you did creative spirit. Always like to be there and like right there in the passenger seat. Um, and I think yeah, collaborating is. I, I don't know how people manage to just like do music entirely on themselves. Like I can see how they do it, but fuck, it's so much easier just like with people. You know, you've got them to work with, and you can vibe off back and forth and be like, oh, this is a good idea. Oh, that's not such a good idea. You know, that was why that was why things really changed when I started working with Snowman because like I had good people who I had good relations before who were good friends. But for example, the bro CJ who I made my first EP with, fucking amazing musician, like been some amazing bands, one of the most talented musicians you'll ever meet. And we still like want to make music together and stuff. We've worked on a little bit in the past. But our our, our paths musically weren't weren't entirely united. I think we both knew that. So we were like, fuck, great music we made, but it, it wasn't... You're trying like, to force something. Yeah, 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 kind of, just based on what you have around you. And amazing results come out. But then it's not until you work with someone who's really, say, you know, say he was more someone who was on the spectrum of working in bands and stuff. It wasn't until I worked with Chronic Snowman, who was someone who was really focused on the hip-hop sound, really pushing a polished modern hip-hop sound that I was able to really hone in and be like, sweet, this is exactly what I'm up to. And, like, from a producer angle, like, he would guide you through, like, you wouldn't, like, take... He might suggest kind of how could we yeah. make this the best 
tune or best project ever. So yeah, you'll kind exactly. Of learn from each other and and it's like yeah, when off. both your names are on it, there's so much more at stake. You know, you're holding each other accountable. When you just got one name on the project, it's like it's what just is. you. And it's like you just you don't you don't know like unless you've got like you're getting lots of feedback, I guess, and you're like playing it to lots of people. But but even then, it's not the same when you've created something compared to something you're just putting out. I think it's just so valuable working with other people. And it's just that full-on team and unity, and you can focus on being, delivering the best cadence and lyrics possible. And it, yeah, yeah. But you still have that knowledge and understanding of, like, making your own beats and things like that. Was that something that you always kind of had, or, or was it kind of off the back of that DJ production yeah, well, I've always kind of had it, like, in the background. Like, I vaguely had an idea what I was doing, but it wasn't until I did that um, course and got to um, sort of have a whole year to just knuckle down and work on my music things, work on my um, production, that I actually, like, figured out really what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so were you, like, kind of, like, kind of, like, dipping and dabbing in different things, whether it was DJing and that, and yeah. just realising oh, that Oh, yeah, I hadn't really DJed too much before that. Like, I was more, I dipped more into production, like... I'd like used FL a little bit, like I'd like I'd done a bit of like vocal mixing. I had to like vocal mix some of my tracks. Like I'd sat with like the bros and like given the ideas on production. I'd like I'd like played around a little bit on Logic and FL, yeah. but like I wasn't. If you sat me down in front of the software on my own, I was still like, you said, "Oh, what am I? What, what am I to do?" Yeah, yeah like where do, what, what button do I press to get started? Sort yeah, hundred percent. But then it wasn't till I had just had that time to work with. Um, I guess people teachers having people teachers easy makes it easy, but then also just having the time myself to really sit there and reflect on this. What does this mean? What is this all about? What is reverb? What is compression? <laughs> and they're going you know? into the the, the full on nuances and details of yeah. what it is. To just make a track rather than just yeah. having a microphone recording it over a beat. Yeah, you know, go, your appreciation for mm. a lot of the music that you have listened to growing up or. Mm. Know, throughout your pivotal years, did, did that change the way that you kind of yeah, looked at music? Definitely. I mean, because w- uh, making music, like once I had a a solid, I was I I I was taught music theory as a kid, but it wasn't until I had like a sonic a f- good understanding of sonic theory. Yeah. Until that was when I really started being able to produce well, like understanding which frequencies did what, like what, like just all the little ins and outs. Like, that was the stuff that was really important. What was the question again? Just more about, like, understand that. Sorry, bro. Like, I'm kind of, like, touched on it, but it was more about with that music theory and understanding the ins and outs of what it takes to actually make kind of a successful project or a a beautifully sounding sonically project. Does it change your appreciation for other music that you're listening to? 100%. With a different ear, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, yeah, since my... My ears change since I know what to listen for. Like, I go back and listen to some of the music that I listened to as a kid, and I'm like, oh, this is produced terribly. But in all honesty, I'm I'm glad it's this way, you know, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to appreciate some of that music with such yeah. terrible production. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's almost come full circle. Like, it's just the classic, you know, it's that curve, like, it's like up. and it's That kind of bell curve. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, at first you're like, oh, oh my God, I understand music production. I only want to hear the things that sound really amazing. And then after a while, you're like, oh, you know what? Actually, things that don't sound so amazing actually are all good. And then you sort of end up back where you were in the first place, just with a greater understanding of why you're there. Got you. Because how would you explain your sound? Because it is quite distinctive, right? And, yeah. And, and take away the kind of the, the accent and your heritage aside. I know that has like a differentiating factor, but yeah, like what is like? How would you explain your sound? Or is it just just good sounding shit? Like pretty much, man. Like I don't like at the like end to of put yourself in the box or anything. Yeah, because like I'm a rapper, and I think well, yeah, even that's the box I don't like to put myself in. But like musically speaking, I'm a rapper. I rap, and yeah. I think hip hop as a genre is just such a broad term. Like oh, there's 100%. so many things that can be under that, and I think if you look back at all the great rappers or even all the great artists in history, the majority of them never stuck to a single genre. You know, like, I can't really think of one, you know. Exactly. It's Most like branching out. Yeah. Not for the sake of being different, but just because yeah. that's experimenting. Exactly. Everything else. And we exist in, like, a place in the, the musical 
sphere where everything has been done to such an extent. You know, like there's not that many new genres that are being created. So it's just all about for me taking just the best of what's there because you know everyone most people are raised on the same sort of music generally speaking you know the same like cross-section of genres bit of rock you know bit of hip-hop bit of soul bit of country bit of like bit of like metal bit of whatever like bit of this bit of that bit of drum and bass bit of jungle you know most people have an appreciation for a reasonably good spectrum of it and I'm I'm one of those people, so I'm just like you know it's a party. It's all about music. Give the people all the music they want. Exactly, and it's like that that understanding of like all different music like connects with so many different people for different reasons. Fully, but like your repertoire of understanding yeah. like music and collecting music. I mean, I'm look, sure you collect a lot of music and fully. study at it, right? So yeah, I mean for me it all comes from the exact same place. Like you look at the the funky Amen break. Okay, that came from a funk track, and then that's been the most sampled break in to create drum and bass, or like jungle, all that. But it's also been one of the most sampled breaks in hip hop. You know, so they're immediately those two genres are just like they're they're pretty much the same thing. They're like two ends of the same coin. And then you've got something like hip hop. You know, came out of the same ghettos as punk was coming out of in like new york in the 70s you know like they're all the same thing they're all the same attitudes expressed in different ways exactly man. Oh, that's probably awesome so when did you so say you started to 2016 that was your first ep and then you linked up with production man yeah when was it and around that time were you like do you quickly perform on stage? Like, did you have a strong desire to perform on stage? Yeah, well, my first... That's a p- big part of what you do. I guess that was... Yeah, that was kind of a big part of it. So one of the first... Um, my first... Yeah, my first performance on stage it was, was uh, my friends who were all sort of in bands back just in school days were into throwing gigs. There were like a couple of them were like metal band. There were a couple of them were like a post-rock band. Just different bands. And one of my mates had a cover band um, Monty and the Hawks, um, and they wanted to do like a hip hop section. And like, I'd been like writing bars, you know, they knew I could yeah. rap, so they were like, oh, do you want to like Chuck you on? Couple of, cu- cover a couple of songs. We did like a cover of a Nas song, a uh, cover of a Homebrew song, then we did a cover of a Rage Against the Machine song. And that was just up at the Mount Eden Scout Hall, legendary venue for um, a variety of scenes. Um, yeah, that went the fuck off basically. Like, it was fucking lit, man. Like, Packed as like popping, like kind of like holy shit, that was fucking mean. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, that was mean. So I started making more music so that I could have something to play for myself for the next show I did, which was another one at that same venue. So was that even before you kind of started releasing kind of yeah. bodies of work? It was it your yeah, first taste like, of actually like you yeah. on a mic performing, pretty much, yeah, you recorded track or not? Yeah, I might I might have had like a couple of like amateur songs on SoundCloud, but yeah, it was pretty like yeah, I was doing that before before I did any like really like proper recording. Yeah, it's an interesting path, right? Like it's kind yeah. of it kind of it's quite different upon upon like hip hop especially. Yeah, like upon seeing you perform live, yeah. it all makes sense of your strength as a, a live performer from starting off that. Yeah, for rather sure. Rather than just. Kind of releasing tracks, releasing tracks, releasing tracks. Yeah. And probably your ear as well from what sounds good on the stage. Yeah. I mean, how does that influence? Maybe that's a, g- a good question, actually. Like, from having an appreciation of a live show and yeah. the perception, does that, subconsciously, does that make you kind of change your approach? I think so 100%. Speak? Like, because at the end of the day, when you're making music, what you got to think about is how is this music being on the speakers going to affect the vibe of the room that it's being played in? You know, and at first when I was making music, that was something I didn't understand. Not something I necessarily wanted to understand. When I was first making music, it was like, there's the beat, there's the canvas, let's spray out, like cover it in <laughs> lyrical paint. You know? This is, it's just, I'm being me, I'm being me. Yep. And it's still being me, I still just want to be me, but I want to be me in right. a way that the room can agree with. Got you. Yeah. From not only, like, what you're saying from a lyrical standpoint, yeah. but just from a sonic standpoint. Yeah. Like, I want to agree with it, too. Yeah. And like, I have I have songs like that. I've got, I've made main songs, but then I listen to next some songs, I'm like, I still like this. Like, this is sick. I'm glad I've made this. 
but you know some of them are a bit more like full on not necessarily not necessarily heavy full on but just like emotionally full on or i don't know just not not i i don't feel like it'll be as agreeable but i'm probably that's probably me being overcritical like i've made some more pretty good music from like dense from uh not dense from just dense from like a content perspective like yeah. a lot in there to yeah digest. just yeah nah, like packed a lot of bars yeah. into some songs you know especially looking back like I think the the average length of a song's just gone down so much that I go back and listen to some of my songs and I'm like, this is a bit long. Like, got you. Rap songs over four minutes now. Like you're like, pushing it, man. Like three bar, like three, ver- like three verses. Yeah, like in it. Like it's pushing it. It's pushing it. Yeah. And there's probably an interesting time where you came up where probably the the sound stru- the song structure and soundscape was probably in that bit more of that old school sort yeah, of yeah like and now it's changed so much even in like a short time time span of five six years like. well yeah that's why it was always so hard to figure out what sound i like because there was so many like sounds popping up and i was like oh my god i love it all like i was i came from listening to like old school hip-hop and all that jazz and then all this new shit was coming out with all these crazy 808 beats and all this shit and i'm just like yo dude this shit knocks so like for that first ep i was making based on a shit yarn we were making this shit that was like beautiful, soulful music. I look back at it now and I'm like, oh, I, right. how could I not have wanted to make this more beautiful and soulful? But at the time, you know, that was when everything with 808s was popping. That was when like, all, all I wanted to hear was, and you know, kind of went on that path. I was just like, man, this is, this is, this is it. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's what sort of took me down the path of like electronic music, you know, it's like sound system music in it. At first I was like, yes, I just want that big bass. But then I'm like, oh, okay, I got the big bass. Wait, what else is going on? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Those hi-hats are a bit janky. And that's, and you know, that's what brought me down that path. That's awesome. Because what, what would you, if you, and you talked about lockdown and kind of having a chance to kind of sit, yeah. Sorry, I should reflect. get some water. We'll get back. But like, if you see it about in lockdown, yeah, and I feel like kind of thinking back to lockdown, it's such a pivotal time anyway. And I don't like always asking lockdown, but it always seems that if you're in a creative space, it did birth a lot of a lot yeah. of creative output and energy. But that time to be reflective. And stop for yeah, a little man. bit and reflect to what you had done prior because before lockdown, have you released stuff in between that last lockdown and now, like from a body of work standpoint, or are we gearing nah. up for the release? Yeah, still we'll gearing up for the release from that day. Yeah. So like, and did you like kind of stop and you're like, oh wow, in that short period of time, where it was like three, four years, I've actually d- done a lot. Yeah. I've well, put out quite a lot of content and this is what I like from it and this is what I don't like and this is what I want to develop and grow on. Like, yeah, fully, man. Well, lockdown was lockdown was pretty hectic. It was my mum passed away in lockdown, and it was also the time when I released a single, which was my first single that really um, got playlisted by Spotify and started popping and making big numbers. Yeah. So it was really a time when I just didn't know what, how the fuck to fail. I was just like, yeah, just everything. I was just like. It was literally the same day that it happened. Like I got the news that mum had passed and that the fucking, and the same day I got the news that my single had been playlisted. I'm just like, this is, I'm just like, this is life, isn't it? Like this is fucking life, you know? So for me, lockdown was like, no, I made the best of it in so many ways because I just used it as an opportunity to hone on my production and use it in the best way possible because, you know, I didn't have any other fucking choice. It was either that or fucking, you know, Nothing, you know, nothing. I didn't yeah. have a choice. What am I gonna do? Just like kind of in the sink or swim, sort sad. of like back against the wall. Yeah, man. Like, cause yeah, my 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 mum was over in Australia, so I couldn't like go there. I didn't have to like hang out with the family, go to the funeral, do all that shit. You know, I was just still constrained to my house the whole time. Yeah. So I just had to fucking it was sink or swim. You know, I was like, fuck, bro. I just gotta use this time and make it make it constructive. Yeah, and it's probably like a like a huge turning point for you from a creative output standpoint as well. Yeah, like fully. Just in terms of a lot of the, whether it's Spotify attractions or just the body of work and planning out, okay, yeah. I'm going to really take this. This isn't just a hobby. Yeah. If this is actually, this is what I want to do. Yeah, right? exactly. I was like, fuck this. I was like, you know, that changed, everything changed in me after that happened. I was like, you know, why the fuck should I like, 
take no for an answer almost, you know, like I'm like I can do this. Like I'm making fucking sick music. Like people people say the world wants to hear it, man. I'm gonna fucking awesome. make the world hear it, you know. And like, that really like like kind of level up your DIY pioneer sort yeah. of speaks as well. It made me yeah, it made me really want to like fucking get good at what I was doing, you know. That I think I made my first like songs in lockdown, like I did, there was like some like production competition i was like fuck it i'm gonna enter this just to force myself to like make my own song in lockdown and fuck it was a bang a bedroom chill and i'll drop that at some point awesome. um and that was that was a, musically that was a massive turning point for me because it was fucking tune man it was fucking banger i was like holy shit i just made that whole thing myself like i was like oh shit i can actually do this so lockdown was like it was huge like it was one of the biggest periods of my life you know like dealing with Dealing with all that shit, yeah, and then just, just channeling, just channeling it into something. something I guess that's kind of just what I've been doing since. You know, that's like they asked me on the radio earlier. They were like, "Fuck, damn, where's where'd that lyricism come from?" And it's it comes like, from you. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like fuck that. That time was just like that was when I wrote most of the bars for this album. And yeah. I look back at some lyrics. I'm like, damn, there's some pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't write that shit every day. You know. It was just like a certain time where I just fucking... And, and it everything. came directly from you and how you're feeling. It yeah. wasn't force. It was just pure... Yeah. Pure emotion and pure... I didn't, have, I didn't have any of those external factors, you know, to influence me. And, like, it was just straight, like, what's fucking going on? Like, maybe talk us a, a little bit about that album because it really... And you know, I've had, you know, privilege while I was sitting playing Rocket League um, yeah. on the couch just to hear it. And um, sonically... Oh, but um, bad taste, right? Yeah, bad like, taste. I'm looking forward to um hearing that when it drops and other yeah, people to hear it out. And you've been kind of playing at the live shows as well, right? Just to yeah. kind of, it's kind of a. I find that's a quite a um a unique way of doing it. I think a lot of people get a bit like nervous of yeah. performing their stuff before it's full on release. But it's kind of a oh, your I, path's a bit different in terms of how you kind of release music like oh, I just cool. know I just know it's, I just know it's the dank shit you know yeah. like for me like, like I, I I had like a whole album you know that I could have dropped I have Wet Season you know Wet yeah. Season was nearly going to drop I still have the artwork Wet Season's still going to drop one day you know yeah. it's, when in you go, it's in the pocket you know Wet Season's still there but I was just like after lockdown and all that shit happened I was like it made me really think about the path that I sort of did want to take with my music especially lyrically like looking at some of my songs I was like oh like is this really like sort of the path the message I want to be promoting in my lyricism and so it just gave me the opportunity to really think about it and I was like nah you know I just want to like make some shit that like means some shit and make some people fucking think you know so that's kind of what, what what bad taste was all about on the lyrical front. I just wanted to. It was just, it was just it was just bars. It was a flex. Like the, the whole project's just a flex. Alphabet's just a flex, bro. He like yeah, Alphabet he's, Head. Uh, shout out to him. Alphabet Head. He's a fucking legend, man. He taught me how to DJ. He taught me half my production chops at this course. And then after that whole thing happened, we just he just started sending me beats because he'd broken his hand, so he was just fucking he wasn't scratching, so he had to make beats. Crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, fuck yeah, wrote like four or five songs, whatever, sent it back to him. He's like, holy shit, dude, you just wrote the like work effect five like. songs to my beats. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude, this is how I roll. Like, let's awesome. go. And this was like in lockdown, so he just kept sending beats. So like, by the time we got out of lockdown, we we're like, chill, we had like seven songs or some shit. We we're like, A lot oh. to refine and look at. And yeah, we're yeah. like, oh, this could be an EP. And then we're like, no, 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 no. Let's not rush things. And then yeah. we, so we made a bunch more songs. And we're like, yeah, nah, we got a fucking project here, right? Awesome, man. We just steady worked on it. And yeah, man, and the whole thing's just a flex, bro. Like, because he's just the goat. Like, yeah. He's just such a goat on just so many levels, eh? And it's just like, it just sounds amazing. Like, every bit of it. Like, I just have to give him so much credit. Like, it's just, it's just, like, my previous work with Chronic Snowman sounds amazing, especially on a big system. Like, fuck, it sounds like amazing, but like, it's, uh, it's fucking in your face, you know. It's yeah. heavy. This shit, you know, you could chuck it on fucking. It's just like easy going. It's, yeah, it's smooth. It's pristine, man. It's probably like where you um, were saying earlier, where like you're you're trying to fit so much in to like a, a particular track or yeah. a project that this is a little bit more stripped back, or you 
realizing all your strengths. Yeah. And realizing that you got to double down on those strengths. Exactly. And really um, get a producer or a partner in crime, yeah. which is alphabet head, to really like elevate your sound to a totally different level. Yeah, man. And like, it's still like, it's interesting because if I want to make like heavy shit, I'll still rather go back to Chronic because yeah. Alphabet's good at making those heavy beats, but you know, it's still, it's still kind of nice. We got a couple heavy tracks in the album, but they still sound kind of nice, you know? Yeah. But like, sometimes I do still want to make some just evil shit. And you know, yeah. that's when I head up Snowman. That's when I head up fucking Dozy. Um, yeah, that's f- yeah, honestly, yeah, I'm looking forward because when are you you got like have you kind of like dropped a date on on peeps or you just kind of like no nah, we ain't things in order no nah, we ain't dropped the date yet we're still getting things in order we got to we're yeah. waiting on some artwork we wanna <laughs> we wanna do it properly we want some nice want some nice sexy artwork so we're waiting on an artist to um finish that off for us and then after that we should uh, we got our first single coming out uh, apothecary oh yeah which is um that's gonna come out on the sixteenth of July. We got a release uh, Moon Bar with that too, which should be cool. Awesome. Um, so we debuted the project live the other day at Valhalla. It was the first Bad Taste show with um shit. Who did we play with? Um, you got Liam Case. Oh yeah, we had Swigzo, old mate Swigzy. Yep. Um, we had Alice Agnes, who's a really talented DJ, who um plays. Um, she was in she was in our class. Um, was taught by Alphabet Head the same year as me. Sweet. Um, so they played after us. Um. Play with um, Nabo. They're a real good um, sort of rapper, vocalist, uh, multi-instrumentalist producer from Wellington. Just um, gets on a real hard like decolonization buzz. Just like raps about some real cool topics. So we were like, fuck yeah, we want to. We were yeah. stoked to get that on board. And with this other band, uh, Tin Palace, just like vibey sort of like Wellington rock band. Pretty good. Um, we did that first um, Bad Taste show the other day, and man, it went the fuck off. Hey, eh? like cunts lost their shit. Hey. Eh? And, was a thi- like, and you were just like, oh, okay, yeah, we're sitting on it. I was like, like yeah, this is a ting. I'm yeah. like, this is a ting, this is a ting. Because, yeah, Alphabet, you know, he's like, he's old school, man. He's like, he's not he's not quite as confident about his output as me. Like, he knows he's good, but he's like, oh, you know. Is, humble. He's humble. He's very humble. He's extremely yeah. humble. He's like, is it going to, are people really going to fuck with it that hard? Yeah. I'm like, dude, chill. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're going to fuck with it harder, bro. Yeah. Like, and like, really, I think the show just showed that, you know, like, it was fucking... Like, I'm used to doing shows and I love it, eh? But it was so much more fun to just have me not being the focus of attention. And bit, well, I was the focus of attention, but you know, that we're both the focus of attention. Like, you don't know where to she'd, look. She'd load. You're like, holy shit, this guy's sending it. Holy shit, that guy's sending it. And you're just like, yeah, fuck yeah. And yeah, bro, we fucking pumped it. And so that was our first show. And so they can only get better from there is what I'm saying. You know? No, that's awesome, man. Because that even like, because <coughs> the one thing that I I find just awesome, just like talking on sort of Kiwi show, just like people's individual skills or going out and seeking mm. individual like skill sets or mm. learning things that they may not know or being surrounded by people, you know, making decisions with going to DJ school and that yeah. was that's how you met Alphabet Head through yeah, that, right? Totally. And then bomb, it's led to this, and it's yeah, it's crazy, man. And yeah. like even putting on shows, like you have your whole different, you know, you're the the young ghost boss yeah. of ghost media, right? And yeah, even man. just looking at all that stuff when you created that, was that just putting on? Yeah, yeah, oh, pretty no much. One's got, no one's really like putting me on a show. I'm gonna make my own show <laughs> exactly. for the whole scene, like exactly, bro. And like awesome. I'd encourage any rapper or like not just a rapper, any artist Anyone. who believes they have the goods, like. That is the way to do it. Like, you don't want to wait for someone to book your own show. You want to book your own show, A, because you get paid the most money out of it, which is what you deserve because you're a fucking artist. Um, And B, because fuck promoters. Like, at the end of the day, no offense, all my promoter friends, you good cunts. They're fucking parasites. Like, (laughs) they're just leeches on the industry, really, aren't they? Like, good cunts for throwing the gigs together. But, like, we don't strictly need promoters. Promoters need artists. But whereas promoters are like, they're just middlemen. Like, yeah. good on promoters, but you know, like, and so it's just, it was just sort of a way to sort of just reclaim that and just like get the, get that, get my status up myself. Yeah. And yeah, fuck. What was the first ghost media actual show? Was that, how long ago was that? Like, the first official ghost media show that we actually made the company ghost media for was Mr. Traumatic. Okay. Um, at, um, that was at San Fran. 
That wasn't the first show we'd thrown. Like we'd thrown a bunch Double of shows ones, before yeah. then, but like the official label, the official yeah. label Ghost Media. We, like we made a logo and shit for it was for that Mr. Traumatic show. Do you know Mr. Traumatic? Heard of? He's like a Welsh MC. Yeah. He's like um, bro. He's pretty crack up. He's a legend, man. Like fucking legend. Like one of the most crazy MCs. Like for drum and bass, like you'll see live. Like massive inspiration. Like mad clarity in his vocals. Eh? But um, he does have some pretty problematic <laughs> lyrics. Um, looking, problematic. Looking back at them, yeah, yeah, problematic's the word. But um, good cunt though. He was a fucking legend. Um, that was the show we set up Ghost Media for. Was that because we needed like a proper company to run that through? Um, was basically I'd started like doing raves with uh, bro Filthy Tomo and uh, Church of Bass and I was like emceeing for their raves a bit and they were just like we were having yarns and they are just like look if you got like any artists who you want to put on sweet if you like think of anyone you know any good opportunities to like throw a show and like get in there like let us know and I was just like oh fucking Right. Traumatic. I saw Traumatic. was like, because um, posting about a New Zealand tour or whatever. Messaged him. I was like, you got a New Zealand show? He was like, nah. I was like, oh, this is our this is our opportunity. Um. And then we went in for that. And then they like spotted me up some money with um, a couple of the other bros spotted money. And then we just fucking added up and did this Traumatic show at San Fran. So that was pretty, it was a pretty crazy birth of Ghost Media, yeah. to be honest, looking back at it. Like the first show to be for an international artist of that caliber. And it was interesting because it was like drum bass was popping, but it was just before like drum bass was everything, you know. Got you. So it was like we ended up, we didn't we didn't, we we pretty much like broke even, we made a little bit of money, but it was a massive like, learning, a massive insight of like, yo, insane. this is another part of it beyond just making my it own. Opened my eyes so it's much, man, and just even just like getting to like work alongside an international artist like that. Like, it was just, like, crazy so sponge to moments, say hey? Like, you just yeah. you don't get those opportunities unless you, like, actually go out and ask and actually connect and yeah, make those man. opportunities happen for yourself. Yeah, right? man, it was, like, the biggest, like, moment, like, up until then. I was like, holy shit, this is actually happening. Like, I'm fucking opening for Mr. Traumatic. I'm putting on a Mr. Traumatic show. Like, it's pretty cool. Like, even now, looking back at it, I'm like, fuck. Like, yeah. if I told that to, like, me when I was, like, fucking 14, 15 or whatever, like, yeah. first listening to Traumatic, you'd be like, off. I bet there's probably <laughs> a lot of those moments for you. Like, yeah, like I mean, what would what other moments would there if you had time? Because by the sounds of it, like leading up to everything up to bad taste, probably before that lockdown, like you were just releasing, 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 Fuck, creating, creating, creating. Do you I don't even know where to begin. Much bro. Time? We've done so there's much so crazy many. shit, bro. Like we've fucking sent it, bro. Like in all honesty, you know. Like, I played me and Snowman. We opened for fucking Shakewell and Ramirez. At San Fran, you know, that was crazy. Like, that is not something I pictured myself ever doing, you know, opening for like fucking Shakewell and Ramirez, you know, like they're like the hardest rappers in the underground at that time, pretty much. Like, like that was like goals, you know, mm. or even since then, like just working with Alphabet Head, like the Sing Ham was the first Wellington band I ever actually saw, and they were fucking insane. I was just like, holy shit, these cunts are fucked. And then that that that's Alphabet Head's band. And then to now just be working with Alphabet Head and like, like producing this music, it's like fuck, this is crazy. Yeah, right. and the power of just like connecting with people and that collaboration, right? Yeah, it's nuts, and then man. just being open for any sort of opportunity and just fully man, kind of going full, committing full on to it and being open to any sort of outcome that comes from it, right? Yeah, man, like, you got to be fully open-ended. Like, this fucking New Year's, there was, I was at Twisted Frequency. I meant to just play, like, a couple, like, a DJ set and some shit. But, um, the Homies Raw Collective, um, their band, they were playing. But then the vocalist, the homie, was real sick. And he couldn't make it at the last minute, so I had to just sort of, like, slot, slot in and just, like, play the whole set for them, eh? And it was honestly one of the most fun sets I've ever played in my life, eh? Like, that improvisational energy, eh? The power of just fucking... Using the moment to your advantage, eh? It's, it's, just, it's so good. Like channeling um, what sort of kind of, not necessarily fear or anxiety, but just that unknown yeah. energy and just kind of channeling it exactly. into something that's quite powerful. That's where the best things came from. Like I remember a friend told me that years ago. He was like, look, your tracks are all good, but that's not why people love about you. People love that spontaneity, that freestyle energy you provide. Charismatic charm. And I was like, just, fuck yeah. you, my tracks are banging. However... <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I'm taking that on board and try and turn the tracks so they capture more of that like charisma and like, whimsical energy. Yeah, and that's I mean that's one thing that 
yeah, credit to you and probably listening to a lot more of the, the tunes off Bad Taste is obviously spending time with you, like you sleeping on the couch, I definitely understand yeah. that you are the person who is writing and spitting everything. It isn't two different worlds. Nah. But um, just how authentic you are and just how you're at a state now by the sounds of it and listening to a few of your other stuff. And I first listened to you off like... Like scapegoat, mercy is the homie. So yeah, yeah, like classic. Kind of like, kind of connected like the dots through that, and um, <coughs> and off that Amazon track with Jay Knight and I'm well as well. Yeah, like just like hearing you on that tunes, but just it's just awesome just to to see someone through the grinding steps. It isn't just I want to do this, and I want to make this awesome album. Mm. Give it to me. You've actually done all the foundational stuff and yeah, reflected. Man. And learned and optimized, you know, your yeah. process along the way, and and not being like kind of scared to take on criticism fully to that point. And you're kind of with your live shows, or you can hear it in the new music that that charm or that charismatic nature is mm. in full effect, you know. Yeah, it's well, on. Yeah, well, for so long, you know, like I was kind of fearful to, you know, really go ahead and like make my claim and like make the music that I wanted to make just because you know I didn't necessarily know the music that I wanted to make I didn't know the message that I wanted to put across and that's what like my first album based on a shit yarn that was almost a disclaimer you know because I didn't know what I wanted to rap about I hadn't done anything in my life I didn't know what life was so I was just like I fucking love all this like G as rap like I'm just gonna rap about some G shit like with some like clever wordplay like I'm yep. not I'm not G but fuck this is hip hop like this is it's like I was in the heavy metal, you know, it's all about, like, theatrical shit. So I'm like, fuck yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'll be this guy for a bit. And then over time, my perspective on that sort of morphed, like, my perspective on the world changed, I became less cynical, but less satirical. I think, I think shit got realer in general, you mm. know, like, the world, like, a few years ago, like, fucking, I, I considered everything to be a joke. Now I'm like, fuck. So it's kind of fucked, eh? Like, it's not really, it's not really all a joke. And as you grow, and as you learn, and as you... Yeah. Take on different experiences, or yeah, you just become a little bit more grounded, but a little bit more focused at the same time. Yeah, and a little bit more real in terms of understanding who you are. Connected. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you just got to try and like be real to yourself, like and just like at the end of the day, put music out that you can fuck with, that you can listen to and enjoy, on a sonic and a lyrical level. I think that's what I've tried to do, and I think that's why I have like branched out and done so many genres. Why, I, why I'm doing all these drum and bass tracks. You know, my reason why I'm doing drum bass tracks at the moment is so I got shit to put in my own mixes like I've been trying to drum make drum bass beats it's fucking difficult man like it's technical stuff a lot of steps but rapping over a drum and bass beat sweet piece of piss not for everyone obviously but for me like it's pretty easy so now I've just got all these tracks in my own that I can mix into my drum bass DJ sets it's great that's quite cool let's say how you were saying is like doing um, the production tip or even the DJ tip is yeah like, did you find that you're you're wanting to, when you have a young ghost DJ set, you want to be performing your own stuff? Not nah, necessarily. Not at all. That, not at all. Nah, it's the other one of the day. Like, when I'm having a DJ set, I want people to just, like, chill and appreciate me for for being a DJ. Sometimes right. people, they want me to rap, you know, and they're like, oh, when are you spinning some bars? I'm like, bro. It's like, different lane. I'm <laughs> like, if, if, if you were watching a just a regular DJ, you wouldn't be asking him when he was spinning bars, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd just be listening to the music. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't playing a hard enough set, but I thought it was a pretty hard set. But, yeah, I think there could be two very different mind states to be in the yeah. mind state of DJing and the mind state of rapping. Yeah. Like, when you're rapping... Or being an artist. Yeah, I mean, being, nah, being a DJ, being an artist, but, like... Or just being a, being, a, being like a full on performer, like a vocalist, like you know, it's you're you're trying to command the room. You're trying to bring all the energy to the room and just like get everyone like focused in, get them all honed in, get them all riled up. You're like trying to get a mob almost going. Like you're trying to make a riot. Whereas when you're a DJ, you know, you're trying to just like sit back and just get everyone vibing. You want everyone to be like in their own worlds. You don't want everyone to necessarily just be looking at you and be like, "Yes, DJ." You oh, play no. that. No, they just want to be completely lost in the yeah. songs that you're playing. You just want this music to just be transmitting. Yeah. Is what came first when you went to that DJ school? Was it the DJ element, or was it production, or was it just a, the opportunity of building with like-minded sort of people at that stage? Like, what made me choose it? Yeah. What made you even go down to it? Because 
I was talking to when we had Liam K. Swiggs up and we had him on the pod. Like he was talking about how that opened his eyes up and that was quite a good opportunity yeah. for him. Like what did that mean for you? Like was it just how do you even decide to get into that? Was it just a kind of the thing to do? Yeah, like, I was just like, Well, Jacinda Ardern gave us a year of free study. So I was just like I was like, look, I can either use that for some like four year like degree or whatever in like fuck, I don't know. I don't see I don't even know what I'd do in, in some shit that I don't care about and hate my life the next four years. Yeah. Or I can use that one year, do a main one year music course and get as much as I possibly can as much game, eh? And I do not regret that decision in the slightest. Because it's just like really just developed your your skill set and your yeah. foundations, right? Like yeah, it just gave me the time to really just like think about it and just like think about what it means to think about what it means to do it full time, like, and just to really like get a hang of the grind and see what other artists reckon and see it and like see if it was something I felt like I could do. And you know, I've, having seen it from like all angles, I'm like, fuck yeah, I can do that. Like, yeah. I can do all of that. Let's let's do it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Because you like. Would you say, like, you recommend... If anyone was out there who was kind of, like... was just, like, to the camera and to anyone else who's watching or listening, like... Yeah. What, would you, like, recommend that... Like, oh, that fuck course yeah. to everyone else? Like, yeah, 100%. Beyond man. just the skill that you learn, but just the, the network or the, the connections <laughs> that you make from it as well? Like, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's, it's like... It's like any course. You get in what you put out. Yeah. If you're looking for a quick fix... And you want to be you want to be inspired when you're uninspired, or you want to go from knowing nothing to knowing everything. It's not the course for you. Like yep. that, you need to. You, yeah, if they should put it, you need you need, you need to put in more hours in 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 your home. But if you're there and you're willing to just you're there and you're like, sweet, I'm ready to dedicate my year to fucking music. I'm ready to just go all in. I'm not gonna do anything else that year. And you're like re- actually ready to make that commitment. It is fucking amazing because the tutors, the facilities are brilliant. It's got everything you need. The tutors are amazing. Like what the fuck did you ask for? It's best in Wella, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one at Te Awaha. I think there's 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 other courses other around. I think I don't know. If, does Mains Mains still do a similar course? Yeah, yeah Mains. Yeah. I think Mains does a pretty similar course. So if you're up in Auckland, yeah, I've heard real good things about that and the tutors there. Yeah, it's pretty like um, electronic mu- music production focused. I've heard. So, um, yeah, if you're interested, that's a really good course I heard as well. Oh, that's awesome, man. Oh, so, like, um, again, I'm just, um, bro, just, like, thanks for just coming through. And this nah, has no been, worries, honest, honestly, fun, you, like, spending your time. And I know we've kind of talked about all different different bits and bobs. And, you know, it's always weird, like, when you kind of, like, been, like, at the funny for a while. And yeah. it's like, oh, let's do this pod. Oh, now it's let's do the pod. Like, let's oh, do yeah, it. Sweet. Okay, sweet, cool. Leaving um, a few hours. All right, let's do a pod. Yeah, yeah, but it's um, no, it's just I'm just looking forward to the reception and seeing catching you on um, playing live again, like whether that's um down in Wellington or um next time that you come up here, probably most likely down in Wellington, going down on a road trip down there soon. Yeah, so man, that should be awesome. And that's the buzz, you know. I'm trying to create that scarcity, you know. If I'm not playing a show, in Oakland, you know, I want people to come all the way to, to Wellington just so they exactly. can see me, you know. Yeah, or like <laughs> get, get the numbers up so it incentivizes you to actually put on the show. In it, yeah, exactly. No, I'm pretty yeah. sure. We're keen to do a tour for Bad Taste Day. It's just getting it all to line up, you know. David's exactly. a teacher, obviously, too, and all this shit. Yeah. But, fuck, I'm pretty confident we'll be back here soon enough. Well, that's awesome, man. And, um, no, it's just, it's just super cool. And I just, like, for anyone who's out there... Um, it's just all about the grind, eh? Like, yeah, just real. like being like present within the present and having that, um, just holding stock of kind of everything you've achieved, even putting out a song. Yeah, man. Is an achievement. And like, bro, putting just out project and just keep building, building, building. Even if you've not done any of that, bro, just getting out of bed, you know, that's an achievement, you know? Yeah. Eating lunch, you know, eating, eating for the day is an achievement, you know? Realizing that you've not eaten properly that day, that's an achievement, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's all about being aware of. Who you are and Isn't how you're it? feeling, and it's just about little steps. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, be man. like, you know, if I'm feeling bad, be like, oh, I am feeling bad. Sweet, maybe. What do I do when I'm feeling bad? Oh, isolate myself, like do the set, uh, and then yeah, just taking taking those steps as an artist to just really just put yourself into the music as much as you possibly can. Yeah, and being willing to learn at every step of the way. Eh? Yeah, fully like being willing to like realize that you're fallible. Like, I'm like I'm bad for it. Like I'm when like at the moment of being called out, like I'm like nah, like nah, I'm 
fucking oh my, you can't say I'm wrong. This song's amazing. Like I'm like no way. But you know, it's it's being it's about being able to walk away and reflect and go. You know what? Yeah, I was wrong. You know, like understanding. Okay, that's another opinion. I may or may not agree on it, but I'm gonna take it, take it in stock, and then see what that means to me upon. Yeah, fully. Like digesting it there. That's really happened to me with this new Bad Taste album, especially because we're such perfectionists, both of us. So, like, whenever we work on something, we're both, like, real, like, down on our ideas. And to a point, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then it gets the real final ideas, and Dave will be like, oh, yeah, I want to do this. I'll be like, oh, I don't know about this. And he's like, no, no, I want to do this. And I'm like, I have to like, oh, okay, he really wants to do this. And I like take stock yep. and think about it. And you know, usually after I take stock for a couple of days and think about it, I'm like, actually, yep, that was, that was a really good idea. Sweet. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You just don't know until you actually yeah. do it. Or just about stepping it. out of the perspective, yeah. eh? It's so easy to just get up in your own head. like And just get, I need to do this now, 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 now. Yeah. And then losing track of kind of, it's a creative process. Yeah, man, especially as a recording artist. Like, I think one of the best things you can possibly do as a recording artist is outsourcing your shit. Because like, until you're doing that, it's like, it's so much like, oh, is it perfect? And you can always tweak it a little bit more. You're like, oh, tweak it a bit more, tweak it a bit more. If you fucking, if you've like, if you're outsourcing your mastering or whatever, then like, they've got the final say. Got you. And I think so that's, yeah. that's a real useful thing to do. Otherwise, when, no when you don't quite know what you want, at least after a point, yeah. Get familiar and you'll be like, all right, now nah, I know what I fucking want. Like, this is how I want it. But oh, I think it's a real cool. valuable thing to do when you're starting out as a musician and you don't necessarily have all the tools. Is just is to be able to admit, hey, I don't have all the tools. I don't have all the skills. Let's outsource this. Let's outsource this. Let's create a really cool package overall. No, oh, that's awesome, man. No, I'm looking forward to it, bro. Um, the last thing on the show is it's a sort of Kiwi show. It's Kiwi platform, and if we don't put yeah. on for other Kiwi musicians, then what are we doing? Oh, shit. I know we've talked about a lot of your stuff. We've mentioned a few artists, but if you were to pick like a a, a Kiwi track, what would you play to write out on, bro? Like, is our opportunity just to put track. it on and slowly build this kind of you know this playlist that we've got going on? Um, a track by someone. Um, yeah, who sort of who have we had on there already? Uh, on the on the pod on the playlist. Oh well, we've had oh, we've had a few people. Who we had? We've had Scribe, we had Scribe twice. We had some Choice Vaughn, we had some Six Sixty. Um, we've even had some Six Fifty. Um, shout out to the bro. Um, <laughs> so we had all sorts. But what song would you? What is maybe your favorite kind of um, Kiwi song? Or have we had uh, whatever, bro? Ooh. Always a hard one. This one, yeah. Like, like, oh, what do I choose? What do I choose? It's I'm gonna go with uh, "Morning Light" by Concord Dawn. Oh, bro, it's a bit of a classic, oh, isn't it? Man, I remember that. That was like 2019. Such a heavy, that. heavy, dark, emotive song. Like it's a powerful, powerful piece of drum and bass. That, oh, bro. like that's just off top. You know, like we're just we're just going classics. You know, oh, that's awesome. But bro, because I could put on I could put on for heaps of artists. But, but nah. like that one means something to you. Yeah, that's like a tune, man. That album's it's fire. Me and Snowman actually played that. We were booked by my homie to play a drum and bass show. Right? Me and Snowman actually played a Morning Light and rapped over it. Oh. Pretty hard. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Man. That's pretty legendary. But yeah, man, it's just such a dense, powerful, atmospheric piece of jungle with just like hard hitting drums, you know. And like you know, it has to be really heard. At, 4am on a massive rig to be fully appreciated oh yeah, yeah man you can't this, this is not gonna give a, um give you justice but no. at least like you got it in your got it in your ears when you listen to this but yeah, honestly bro shout out to your time and no, um, real, safe thanks. travels back down to welly and um no, for much real. success for the um bad taste and up and beyond you know me no big ups awesome bro shot bro but play morning light shout out um to everyone who's tuning in listening to us and um, check out Young Ghost and Casper and everything that he does because he does a lot of awesome stuff so shout out guys catch you on the next one big ups